بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما Inshallah today we will restart the series on the seerah or the biography of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and before Ramadan we spoke about the Amul Huzn or the year that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam had many difficulties that was the year that he lost his uncle Abu Talib who had supported him against the kuffar of the Quraysh. It was also the year where he lost his wife Khadija radiallahu anha, who had served as a supportive wife and who had supported him financially and who had been a comfort for him throughout the time of his messengership. So he lost his uncle and he lost his wife both in the same year so it was a difficult time for him and of course he was also facing difficulties from the kuffar in Mecca and then he went to a Taif and we spoke about the reception that he received in Taif and how he was stoned the people of Taif threw stones at him and he bled to an extent where his feet got stuck to his shoes because of the blood Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So these were the difficulties that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had to go through during that period of time. So Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala wanted to comfort him and wanted to give him hope and keep him strong on the path. Even though he was going through all of these hardships and all of these difficulties at this point in his life and at this point in the da'wah, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala wanted to give him an experience that would keep him firm on the path and that would give him comfort after all of this sadness that he had to go through. So, just about a year before the hijrah to Medina, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam with an amazing, amazing experience. The most amazing experience any man has ever had and that was the experience of al-isra wal-mi'raj al-isra wal-mi'raj and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the isra in surah al-isra subhanalladhi asra bi'abdihi laylam minal masjid al-harami ila al-masjid al-aqsa alladhi barakna hawlahu linuriyahu min ayatina innahu huwa al-sami'u al-basir all glory be to the one who took his servant from Al-Masjid Al-Haram in Mecca to Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa in Jerusalem in Al-Quds. And Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa is a masjid that is on blessed land and the land around it is land that, it is, that is blessed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes it as blessed land. لِنُرِيَهُ مِنْ آيَاتِنَا So that we would show him from our signs. إِنَّهُ هُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْبَصِيرُ Surely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who hears all and the one who sees all. 
So what happened? What was actually the experience that the Prophet ﷺ went through on the night of Al-Isra and Al-Mi'raj? The Prophet ﷺ was in Mecca. He was sleeping near the Kaaba in the Hijr Ismail. And those of you who have been to Mecca, you know the structure of the Kaaba, that it is a cube-shaped structure. And on one side of the Kaaba is a semi-circular area. And that is called the Hijr Ismail. So the Prophet ﷺ was sleeping there in the Hijr Ismail. And Jibreel ﷺ came down and woke him up. Jibreel ﷺ came down in the night while the Prophet ﷺ was sleeping there in Hijr Ismail. And he woke the Prophet ﷺ up. And with Jibreel was Al-Buraq. And Al-Buraq is an animal that is the mode of transportation for the prophets. And its speed is unlike anything else. Its speed is so fast that it can go from one place to another place in an instant. It is not constrained by the laws of physics. So Al-Buraq is the mode of transportation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to the prophets. And it is described as being in size bigger than a donkey, but smaller than a mule. So it's bigger than a donkey, but it's smaller than a mule. So Jibreel came down. He woke up the Prophet Along with him was Al-Buraq. And the Prophet woke up and he mounted Al-Buraq. He sat on Al-Buraq and Al-Buraq started to move. And it moved at such a speed that within just a few moments, they were at Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. Within just a very short period of time, they had been transported from Al-Masjid Al-Haram in Mecca to Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa in Jerusalem. So once they reached Jerusalem, and Jerusalem, as we mentioned, is a land that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has called the blessed land. He has also called it the holy land, Al-Ard Al-Muqaddasa. And he has called it Al-Ard Al-Lati Barakna Fiha Lil-Alameen. So it is a blessed land and it is a holy land. So that is where they reached. And that is the point where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose for his messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam to ascend to the heaven so it is a blessed land it is a holy land and it is a land that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has favored it is a land that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen and so many prophets of allah inhabited that land when we were there just a few months ago one of the local scholars there in al-quds after Salat al-Fajr, we prayed Salat al-Fajr in Masjid al-Aqsa, then we walked outside and one of the local scholars, he said, this is a land where you cannot step in any part of this city except that a prophet of Allah has preceded you in stepping on this land. There is no part of the city that was not walked upon by the prophets of Allah, subhanAllah. So this is the land that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed. It is a blessed land. Also from the blessings of that land, 
the blessings of that land is that the fruit that comes from that land it is from the most delicious fruit that you will ever eat the fruit that is cultivated and grown in that land it is unlike fruit in other places because that is blessed land that is blessed land when, when we were there a few months ago we prayed salah in the masjid al-aqsa and we went out of one of the gates and there was a local palestinian young boy he was selling fresh juice he was selling oranges and those of you you remember that right we went there outside and he was selling the orange juice and brother abu yusuf is he here abu yusuf yeah no. so he treated us all he bought orange juice for the whole group and wallahi i swear by allah i have never ever tasted a juice like that juice it was the best orange juice that i've ever had in my life and i'm sure the people who were with me they will agree to the same thing so this is from the barakah of that land that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed that land so whatever comes from that land it is blessed as well subhanallah so this is the land that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose to take his messenger the best of creation the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam from al-masjid al-haram to al-masjid al-aqsa so when they arrived in al-masjid al-aqsa the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he tied up al-buraq to one of the walls he tied up al-buraq to one of the walls there by al-masjid al-aqsa and when he entered al-masjid al-aqsa when the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam entered al-masjid al-aqsa he saw the greatest gathering that ever ever happened on this earth the greatest gathering that ever occurred on this earth and that was a gathering of the prophets of allah they had gathered there in al-masjid al-aqsa and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam entered the masjid and he saw al-masjid al-aqsa full of the prophets of allah can you imagine this gathering gathering of the prophets of allah in one place there is no gathering on this earth that was ever greater than that gathering and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose al-masjid al-aqsa for that gathering to take place so definitely it is a blessed masjid it is a blessed land so the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he entered al-masjid al-aqsa and he saw the prophets gathered there he saw ibrahim alayhi salam musa alayhi salam isa alayhi salam these great prophets and messengers of Allah gathered in Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa and he went forward and he led them all in prayer. Now imagine this, the greatest of the messengers, the leader of mankind, the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as the Imam and all of the people who are praying behind him are messengers and prophets of Allah as well. What a great salah that was. The leader of the prophets leading the prophets in prayer. What an amazing experience. What an amazing incident that took place there in Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. And this is something that goes to show the status and the rank of our Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That he is the leader of mankind and he is the leader of the prophets. And he led them in prayer. So after they finished the prayer, Jibreel alayhi salam, he came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he offered him a vessel of milk or a vessel of wine. So he had these two vessels and he presented them to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam to choose. Do you want to drink from this vessel of milk 
or do you want to drink from this vessel of wine? And of course, this was before wine had been prohibited. This was before wine and alcohol was haram. Alcohol became prohibited after the hijrah to Medina. So Jibreel gave him this choice and the Prophet wasallam he chose to drink from the vessel of milk. And when he chose this, Jibreel said to the Prophet wasallam, that you have been guided to what is natural and your ummah will be guided as well. So this was the experience of the Prophet ﷺ in Jerusalem in Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. After this, it was time for the ascension, the mi'raj to the heavens. It was time for Rasulullah ﷺ to leave this earth and go into another world, go into the skies and the heavens to see the amazing signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there. So Jibreel alayhi salam accompanied the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and they began their ascent. They began their ascent from Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa into the heavens. So they went up until they reached the first heaven. Until they reached the first heaven. And the angel who is the gatekeeper of the heaven, he asked, who is it? Who is asking for entry? And Jibreel alayhi salam replied, Jibreel, it is Jibreel. And then the gatekeeper, he asked Jibreel alayhi salam, and who is with you? And Jibreel alayhi salam replied, Ma'iya Muhammad, Muhammad is with me. And then this angel, the gatekeeper of the sky, he opened it up and he let them enter and he said, I have not been commanded to open this gate for anyone except him, for anyone except Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So when Jibreel said it is Jibreel with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, then the gatekeeper opened the gate and Jibreel alayhi salam and the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam entered the first heaven. So when they entered the first heaven, the Prophet وسلم, he saw a man, a very, very tall man. And this man, when he would look to his right side, he would laugh. And when he would look to his left side, he would cry. And the Prophet وسلم, asked, Who is this man? And Jibreel answered, This is. Adam alayhi salam. This is your father, Adam alayhi salam, the father of mankind. And the reason why when he looks to his right, he laughs and when he looks to his left, he cries. When he looks to his right, he sees his children, the children of his who have been ordained to enter Jannah. So he feels happy and he laughs. And when he sees, when he looks on his left side, he sees his children who are ordained to enter the fire of Jahannam, so he cries over them. This is your father, Adam alayhi salam. And Adam alayhi salam was a very tall man. He was 60 cubits tall. And a cubit is about half a meter. 
So 60 cubits would be, would be about 30 meters tall. Imagine that, 30 meters. That's tall. So this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam alayhi salam. And the people continue to get shorter and shorter and shorter over time. But that was how Adam alayhi salam was created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 60 cubits, about 30 meters tall. So when Adam alayhi salam saw the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, of course he welcomed him and he was very happy to see him. Marhaban bil ibn salih. He said, Welcome to my righteous son. Ni'mal ibn anta. What a good son you are. What a good son of mine you are. So happy to meet the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and so happy to welcome him. And he said, What a great son of mine you are. After this, the ascension continued, and Jibreel alayhi salam accompanied the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and they ascended to the next level they ascended to the second heaven and in the second heaven they met two prophets who are cousins of each other and they are Isa alayhi salam and Yahya alayhi salam Isa alayhi salam and Yahya alayhi salam are cousins so he met both of them in the second heaven and he described Isa a little bit about his physical features. He said that he was red colored in his skin. So he was light skinned and he had a redness in his skin. And his hair looked as if water was on it. His hair looked wet. So this was the description that the Prophet gave of Isa. So when Isa and Yahya saw the Prophet وسلم, they welcomed him. Marhaban bil salih salih. Welcome, oh our righteous brother, the righteous Prophet. So they were happy to see him and they welcomed him. After that, the ascension continued. So Jibreel and the Prophet Muhammad continued and they ascended to the third heaven. And in the third heaven, they met Yusuf and the Prophet وسلم, described Yusuf الجمال, that Yusuf السلام, was given half of all beauty. Imagine this. Imagine the beauty that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created, divided into two parts. One part goes to Yusuf السلام, alone. And the other half, it goes to the beauty of all of the rest of the people, all of the rest of creation. So that can just give you an idea how beautiful, how handsome Yusuf was. He was given half of all beauty. And if you read Surah Yusuf, you can understand the situation of those women whom were cutting fruits. And when Yusuf came out and they saw him, they were so mesmerized by the beauty of this person that they cut their hands. They didn't realize what they were doing. Meaning they didn't just cut it, one cut and realize it. Rather, they kept cutting it. They cut it and cut and cut and cut and cut. It's not like they cut one time and they realized, oh, no. They were so mesmerized by his beauty that they just continued to cut their hands as they looked at him. And they said, Qulna hasha lillah. Ma hadha bashara? 
They said there's no way that this is a human being. In Hatha illa malakun kareem. He is a an honorable angel. He's not a human being. This is what they thought. That's how mesmerized and amazed they were by the beauty of Yusuf alayhi salam. So Yusuf alayhi salam was encountered by Jibreel alayhi salam and the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the third heaven. And of course, when Yusuf alayhi salam saw his brother, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he said to him, Marhaban bil salih salih. Welcome, oh my righteous brother, oh righteous Prophet. He was happy to see him and he welcomed him. Then they continued on their ascent. Jibreel alayhi salam and the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam went further up to the fourth heaven. And in the fourth heaven, they met the great Prophet of Allah, Idris alayhi salam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about Idris alayhi salam, وَذْكُرْ فِي الْكِتَابِ إِدْرِيسِ إِنَّهُ كَانَ صِدِّيقًا نَبِيًّا وَرَفَعْنَاهُ مَكَانًا عَلِيًّا Remember in the book Idris, surely he was a truthful prophet. And surely we raised him, we raised him to a high place. So the Prophet وسلم, and Jibreel they encountered Idris in the fourth heaven. And Idris السلام, when he saw his brother, the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, he said, Marhaban bil salih salih. Welcome, O my righteous brother, O righteous Prophet. So he was happy to see him and he welcomed him. Then they continued on to the next level, to the fifth heaven. And there Jibreel and the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, encountered the great Prophet of Allah, Harun السلام, the brother of Musa And when Harun السلام, saw the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, he welcomed him. Marhaban bil salih salih. Welcome, O oh, my righteous brother, O oh, righteous Prophet. Then they continued on and they went to the next level. They went to the sixth heaven. And in the sixth heaven, they encountered the great Prophet of Allah, Musa alayhi salam. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam gave a description of Musa alayhi salam. He said, Musa alayhi salam, in terms of the color of his skin, he was very dark brown. He was very dark brown in his complexion. And he was thin and tall. He was thin and tall and very dark skinned. And when the Prophet ﷺ met him, of course, Musa ﷺ welcomed him. Marhaban bil salih wa salih. Welcome, O oh my righteous brother, O oh righteous Prophet. And he was happy to see him. But as the Prophet ﷺ and Jibreel ﷺ, as they left and they were about to ascend further to the seventh heaven, Musa ﷺ started to cry. Musa السلام, started to cry. And when he was asked, why are you crying? He said, because this young man who was raised as a prophet after me, more people will enter Jannah from his ummah than will enter Jannah from my ummah. So Musa السلام, cried over this. And this is from the good type of competition. Competition in righteousness. And in this, in righteousness, in good deeds, let those people who want to compete, let them compete. So Musa السلام, he cried. 
this young man who was raised as a prophet after me, more people from his ummah will enter Jannah than the people from my ummah. And after that, Jibreel and the Prophet Muhammad continued their ascent to the seventh heaven. And when they reached the seventh heaven, the Prophet he saw something amazing there in the seventh heaven. He saw a Kaaba. We have a Kaaba on the earth, and there is also a Kaaba in the heavens, in the seventh heaven. And this house of worship is called Al-Bayt Al-Ma'mur. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions it in the Quran in Surah Al-Tur. He actually swears by it. Wal-Tur wa kitabin mastur fi raqqim manshur wal-bayt al-ma'mur. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swears by that house. That house of worship in the seventh heaven. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam explained that every day, every single day, 70,000 angels make tawaf around al-bayt al-ma'mur. 70,000 angels. And once they make tawaf, they never return until yawm al-qiyamah. So 70,000 new angels every day. The 70,000 angels who made tawaf yesterday, they're not going to get another chance until yawm al-qiyamah. So every day, 70,000 new angels making tawaf around al-bayt al-ma'mur. How many angels did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala create? Subhanallah. وَمَا يَعْلَمُ جُنُودَ رَبِّكَ إِلَّا هُ And nobody knows the army or the angels or the, the soldiers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except Him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created a vast, huge number of angels and only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows how many he has created. So when he saw this house of worship, al-bayt al-ma'mur, he saw a man with his back leaning towards the bayt al-ma'mur on one of the walls. So basically, he was sitting with his back against one of the walls of al-bayt al-ma'mur. And this man that the Prophet ﷺ saw sitting with his back supported by Al-Bayt Al-Ma'mur, the Prophet ﷺ said, this man looked like himself. This man looked like the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ. They bared similarity in their physical features. And who was this? This was Ibrahim salam. So the Prophet ﷺ described Ibrahim ﷺ as bearing a resemblance to him himself. So the Prophet ﷺ and Ibrahim ﷺ, physically, they looked similar. And of course, when Ibrahim ﷺ, when he saw his son, the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ, he said, Marhaban bil ibn salih wa salih Welcome, O my righteous son, O righteous Prophet. And he was very happy to see his son, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That was the seventh heaven. But the journey didn't end there. Rather, the ascension continued. They continued going further up until they reach Sidratil Muntaha. Sidratil Muntaha is a tree that is above the seventh heaven. And when they reached Sidratil Muntaha, Jibreel السلام, his form changed back to his original form. When he came to pick up the Prophet وسلم, in Mecca and took him to Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa 
and throughout this ascent through the heavens, Jibreel السلام, was in the form of a human. But when they reached Sidratil Muntaha, then Jibreel السلام, reverted back again to his original form. And this was one of the two times that the Prophet وسلم, actually saw Jibreel السلام, in his true form, in his real form. And he described him that he was such an amazing, great creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 600 wings with jewels and pearls coming from his wings. Subhanallah. This was Jibreel alayhi salam. And this is the greatness of the creation of this great angel. This is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created him. And the Prophet sallallahu saw him in his original form. But when they reached Sidratil Muntaha, the journey was not over for the Prophet Muhammad yet. But as for Jibreel alayhi salam, he could not move further. And he told the Prophet you are going to need to continue the rest of this journey on your own. I cannot go past this point. If I go past this point, then I will be burned. So the Prophet had to continue the ascension on his own. And when the nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the light of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enveloped or encompassed the Sidratil Muntaha, it became something that was so beautiful that it is beyond words to even describe. The Sidratil Muntaha, it's a tree, and the Prophet ﷺ described it as having leaves that look similar to the ears of an elephant. So it was a tree that had leaves that looked similar to the leaves of an elephant. But when the nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala came, then it changed. The look of it changed to an extent that is not able to be captured by words. It became so beautiful. When the sidra, when this tree was enveloped or encompassed by what it was encompassed with, the nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it changed its form and became extremely beautiful to an extent that it cannot even be described. So then the Prophet ﷺ had to continue the ascent on his own. Jibreel ﷺ could not move past that point. So this ascension past Sidratil Muntaha, it is something that was not given to any creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ. And again, this establishes his rank that he is the best of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even greater than the greatest of angels. Jibreel alayhi salam is the greatest of the angels. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam is even greater than him and he was given an honor to ascend past the Sidratil Muntaha where not even the angels could ascend past. So this is the status of our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So he ascended past the Sidratil Muntaha and then he conversed, he had a conversation with his Lord. He had a direct conversation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala subhanallah without any, any intermediary he had a direct conversation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he did not see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but he spoke to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala directly as for what took place in that conversation we don't know all of the details of that conversation the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam didn't inform us of the details of that conversation except for one thing that 
during that conversation, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala directly spoke to the Prophet and made a salah, made the five daily prayers obligatory upon him. And at first, of course, it was not five prayers. The original obligation was 50 prayers. During that conversation between Allah and his beloved messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala obligated 50 prayers on the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his ummah. So when this conversation was over and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam now, you know, he went through so many difficulties, so many hardships, so much tragedy. But now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him this experience to come to a level where no creation had ever ever come before and to directly have a conversation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. This really strengthened him and it really consoled him and comforted him after all those difficulties that he had been through. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made 50 prayers obligatory. When this conversation was over, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he began his descent. And when he reached Sidratil Muntaha, Jibreel alayhi salam was waiting for him to continue the descent back down to the earth. So when they went down, when they continued their descent down, they went past the seventh heaven and then they went past the sixth heaven. And when they reached the sixth heaven, Musa alayhi salam saw the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he asked him, he asked him, what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say to you? What did you talk about? And the Prophet said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me this gift for me and my ummah to pray 50 prayers every day. Musa alayhi salam said 50 prayers, it's going to be too much for them. They will not be able to handle it. And of course, Musa alayhi salam, he knows this from experience. He has gone through so many difficulties with his own people. So he knew that 50 prayers would be too much for the people to handle. Now look at Musa alayhi salam. He intervened here. He didn't have to do that. But this was the nature of Musa alayhi salam. When he saw anyone and he saw that they may be going through any type of difficulty, he always intervened to help. This was the nature of Musa alayhi salam. And he did it with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam as well. He didn't say, oh look, that's his ummah, that's his nation, you know, I have nothing to do with that. No. He knew that it would be difficulty for us, for us, for you and me. So he told the Prophet ﷺ, 50 is too much. So go back to your Lord and ask him to make the obligation less. Ask him to lighten this load. So the Prophet ﷺ looked at Jibreel to see, you know, can I do this? And Jibreel ﷺ said, if you want to go back and ask him, you can do it. So they went back up. And of course, Jibreel couldn't go past the Sidratul Muntah. The Prophet went back up and asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to lighten this load. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lightened it. And the Prophet went back down. And Musa said, it's still too much. Go back and ask for less. And this kept going on numerous times until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it five. From 50, step by step, going down, 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 until it reached five prayers a day. And the Prophet ﷺ came back down and he told Musa ﷺ that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it to five. And Musa ﷺ said, five is still gonna be too much for them. Go back up and ask for less. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, 
I'm shy to go back. You know, I've gone so many times back and forth and kept asking Allah to make it less and less and less. Now it's five, I'm shy to go back again. So that's how five prayers were ordained. But these five prayers, there are five prayers, but the ajr, the thawab, the reward that we get is still 50. So we have to pray five times a day, but we will get the reward of 50 prayers. And this is from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So after this, they continued their descent and they went back down to the earth and they went back to Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. And when they reached Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa, they untied Al-Buraq and the return journey began to go back from Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa back to Mecca, back to Al-Masjid Al-Haram. And on the way back, from Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa to Al-Masjid Al-Haram, an incident occurred. And this incident will be very important when the Prophet ﷺ is explaining what happened to the kuffar of the Quraysh. So on the way back from Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa to Al-Masjid Al-Haram, the Prophet ﷺ saw a caravan, a caravan that was on its way to Mecca. So it was the distance about three days away from Mecca. So that's pretty far. Three days away from Mecca. So the Prophet ﷺ saw this caravan and he saw that there was a camel from that caravan who had gotten loose and it had run away from the delegation. So that camel was lost. And the Prophet ﷺ saw this happening and he called out to these people, your camel is over there. Your camel is over there. And these people, they heard this voice. Someone is saying, the camel is over there. And they looked and they actually saw the camel was there. They found that camel. They didn't know where this voice came from. But that was the Prophet ﷺ telling them where their camel was. Also, the Prophet ﷺ saw these people. They had a vessel of water. And the vessel of water was covered. And the Prophet ﷺ, he saw that vessel. And he uncovered it. And he drank the water from that vessel. And then he covered it back again. He saw that vessel, he uncovered it, he drank the water and he covered it back again. And then he continued on his journey and he reached back to Mecca before Salatul Fajr, before the time of Fajr. So all of this took place, the Isra, going from Al-Masjid Al-Haram to Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa, going to all of the levels of the sky, meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, speaking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala coming back down all of this took place in one night only and he was back in al-masjid al-haram before fajr because allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not constrained by time allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created time so he is not limited by his creation he's not limited by time so the prophet وسلم, he went through this experience all in one night and he returned back to al-masjid al-haram before Fajr. At the time of Fajr, he prayed and then he sat there at the Kaaba at Masjid al Haram in deep thinking, deep com contemplation of the events that took place that night. And when someone is deeply reflecting on something, you can see it. You can see it in their face. So Abu Jahl, the enemy of Islam, he saw the Prophet and he saw him in this mode of focus and concentration and reflection and he knew that there is something something happened 
So he went to him and he said, Ya Muhammad, ahadatha shay? Oh Muhammad, did something happen? And the Prophet said, Yes, something happened. Last night, I went to Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. And Abu Jahl, hearing this, he didn't believe it, but he held himself from mocking or from laughing because he saw this as an opportunity. He thought he could use this as an opportunity for the people to mock and disbelieve in the Prophet So he didn't laugh or he didn't say anything. He said, oh really? You went to Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa? Do you mind if I call the people and you can tell them what you just told me? Can I call them? Can I gather them? And you can tell them this? And the Prophet said, yes, I'll tell them. So Abu Jahl, he starts calling the people, the Quraysh. He said, come, come. Come gather and listen to Muhammad So the people are surprised. They're used to Abu Jahl telling the people not to listen to Muhammad But this time he's doing the opposite. He's calling the people, he's gathering them and saying, come, 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 listen to Muhammad So the people got curious. Abu Jahl is telling us to come and listen to Muhammad What is this? So they actually came and they gathered. Then Abu Jahl, he told the Prophet Okay, tell them what you told me. And he told them, he said, yes, last night I went to Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. And the kuffar of the Quraysh, of course, they mocked him, they laughed, they didn't believe. And some of them had actually been to Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. Some of them on their trade journeys that they used to go, they had actually seen Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. They said, okay, you're saying you have been to Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa? Okay, describe it for us. Tell us how Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa looks, if you're truthful. So the Prophet ﷺ, he described it. He, he was there, he saw it, and he was able to describe it. So then they were surprised. They were like, yeah, that's right, but okay, maybe somebody told him. Somebody who has actually been to Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa, maybe he told him how it looks. So they started to ask him very detailed questions about Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. Very detailed questions, precise questions. That a person who has casually visited a place wouldn't even know. Like imagine, you guys have been praying in this masjid for years. But if I ask you, how many windows does this masjid have? Would you be able to answer? How many doors does the masjid have? How many columns does the masjid have? You probably won't be able to answer this because these are things that we don't pay attention to. Right? So they started asking the Prophet ﷺ these type of detailed questions about Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. And how is he supposed to know this? Even if he has been there, which he was there, but how would he be able to answer these precise type of questions? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed him to answer those questions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him the image of Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa right in front of his eyes while they were asking him those questions. So he answered their questions in exact detail. In exact detail. Whatever they asked him, he was able to answer it. And this was from the miracles of the Prophet sallallahu that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed him to see it at that time. So they were surprised, they were shocked, but still they didn't believe. They didn't believe him. So the Prophet ﷺ said, okay, there is one sign that I'll tell you. There is a caravan that is coming to Mecca. They said, oh really? When should that caravan arrive? The Prophet ﷺ said three days. It's about three days away. So in three days this caravan will arrive and this is my experience with this caravan. They had lost a camel and there was this container of water that they had and I drank that water. So when that caravan comes in three days, you can ask them about these things. So they said, okay, okay, if you're truthful, we will actually do that. So they waited and three days later, sure enough, 
the caravan entered Mecca. The caravan came to Mecca. So these kuffar of the Quraysh, they asked the people of this caravan, did anything unusual or strange happen on your trip here? And then they said, you know, now that you asked that question, now that you mention it, yes, something strange did happen. About three days ago, on our way here, we had lost a camel from our caravan and we heard this voice saying, your camel is over here. And we didn't know where that voice was coming from or who that voice was. And we went to that place and we actually found the camel. And also another strange thing that happened, we had this container, we had this vessel of water that we had covered. But then when we opened it to see, we saw that the water was gone. There was no water in it. So exactly what the Prophet ﷺ said, they told the kuffar of the Quraysh, this is what happened. But still they didn't believe. And they said, no, he's, it's magic. He's doing magic. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them so many signs of the truthfulness of the Prophet ﷺ, yet out of their arrogance, they still continued to disbelieve. But this was something, this was an incident that made the iman of the believers stronger. And this is the incident where Abu Bakr got the title of As-Siddiq. When this news came to Abu Bakr radiallahu when anhu, when the news of the Isra and the Mi'raj, it reached Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, before he could actually even confirm it with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam himself, when he heard the people talking about it, the people told him, you know, your friend, he's saying that he went from Al-Masjid Al-Haram to Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. And Abu Bakr, without missing a beat, without hesitation, he said, in kana qala faqad sadaq. If he said it, he is telling the truth. If he said it, he is telling the truth. Then he went to the Prophet ﷺ and he asked him, Ya Rasulullah, did you actually travel from Al-Masjid Al-Haram to Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa and you returned in the same night? And the Prophet ﷺ said, yes. Then he said, Sadaqt, you have, you have spoken the truth. And everything, every detail that the Prophet ﷺ gave about his trip, Abu Bakr kept saying, Sadaqt, 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 you have spoken the truth, you have spoken the truth, you have spoken the truth. So the Prophet ﷺ said, وَأَنْتَ يَا أَبَا بَكَرَ الصِّدِّيقِ And you, O oh Abu Bakr, you are a Siddiq. You are the truthful one. This is how Abu Bakr got this laqab, got this name, As-Siddiq So it was something that strengthened the iman of the believers, this experience that the Prophet ﷺ went through. So this was the most amazing experience that ever happened the experience of Al-Isra and Al-Mi'raj and this is the blessing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to his greatest creation the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam inshallah next week we will continue with the seerah bi-ithnillah wallahu a'lam wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in